This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast. I'm Wayne Barton, joined by the legendary former Manchester United defender, Paul Parker. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm not bad, Wayne. I'm a little bit bemused about that game yesterday, and I think a lot of, like a lot of people out there, I don't think there was any great belief United were going to win it. I think the only belief come from the fact of their away record suggests that there was always a good chance the way they have been away from home. But um, to get to get an incredible start, I think that's what that made that gave them something to work from, and, and they worked from it really well. The way they defended straight after that, very high up, not going back to the edge of the box too early. I don't think it was their intention to go back to the edge of the box, but they didn't allow City to get going. City took a good 20, 25 minutes to get into any kind of pattern. And I thought they'd done that very, very well in the first half. Yeah, it's going to be the City game that we start with this week. Um, Obviously, Talking Devils is brought to you in association with Classic Football Shirts. Classic Football Shirts have a range of classic shirts and sportswear online and in physical stores as well, which hopefully we'll be soon to be able to go back into. Um, Listeners to this podcast can get a 10% discount online with a checkout um, discount code TOTD10. Paul, um, you mentioned United's quick start yesterday. Now, 
I didn't say I told you so, listeners. I didn't really, but I did sort of say on last week's podcast that I almost expected that we'd be awful against Palace and brilliant against City. And that's the, I mean, it's one of those things because you you look at the result yesterday and the performance and you say, yeah, great, but you've been here that many times that it's almost like you, it dampens enthusiasm about the result, doesn't it? You know what I mean? I, I don't want that to sound... Hopefully we'll talk about some of the really positive aspects of the game, but the conclusive side of it, when you're looking at how, how do we build on this going forward, we've asked that question many times in this exact same position, haven't we? Yeah, there, there has been too many times and don't really want to go down that road because it will become like deja vu or Groundhog Day with Manchester United and Ollie's gone and Ollie's record against Pep maybe is better than maybe any other manager in the world mm. every time he's gone against him but was it was it just about tactics or was just the fact of <clears throat> a little bit of good fortune in certain ways and because when you look at it is that they Manchester United get outplayed but I think the score in the early goal made the difference that made that made that City were out out of sorts. It took them a long while, and that was down to what United done. Mm. And then, obviously, then the pattern of game got got to what we thought it would do as City with so much possession, and United virtually really running around like headless chickens. But when you look at it at the end of it, and which is which, I think we we can we know the problem, but they've done well without it. Is is that City didn't have that edge inside the box. And obviously yeah. their edge was sitting on the bench and he's not really getting any football at the moment. But that that was the bit. And, you know, Dean Henderson, you know, you look at the stats and he'll look at it and say at the stats, well, I never had hardly anything to do. Mm. And he didn't, everything he'd done was clean cut and he dealt with it okay. I think there was one moment where I think there was a kicking incident, which was not very good, but he never really, well, he didn't. He didn't get tested at all, really. Anything he did, he just did well, which, as a goalkeeper, I think you come out and say, that's a good performance. Yeah. Let me, let's just cover the game quickly. And I've got I've got a list of things on the players to go through. But the game itself, you said that, yeah, you could say United were fortunate with that early penalty, but... No, the penalty wasn't for a minute. It yeah. was. It was a. It was a penalty. It was, and you know, Jesus totally lost his head. His composure went so early. I don't know what wound him up, but that is just you know those kind of ones there. When you look at it, it was a ridiculous penalty that they gave away. All they had to do is be patient. And when you see the picture, I think there's six players around him, six City players. He was going nowhere, and yeah. what Jesus done was ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, I, I saw um, when you're watching the coverage on Sky, there's like Keane and, and Souness saying, oh, it's po- it's like a, a fortunate thing because the penalties come that early and it um, influences the momentum of the game. And I think, no, there's 90 minutes in the game. A penalty can be awarded in the first minute, in the last minute. It can be awarded at any time of the game. And it's not fortunate, it's a part of the game. Um, but... You know, apart from that, you know, I thought, honestly, I thought the result was obviously impressive. I thought United were well worth the two-goal win because you could argue that United would have had another. Martial missed a big chance and, you know... <coughs> sorry, apologies for that. Um, United could have definitely had another goal in there if they'd have been a bit more clinical with the, with the breaks as well. City could have scored and should have scored from a couple of those crosses... 
but I did think that that meant like a two a two nil gap between the the teams was fair. Um, and we have seen that Solskjaer's done this, and so it's not a surprise, is it, Paul? I mean, like he knows how to coach against um, he knows how to coach against Pep at this moment in time. He, he's he's got yeah, you can say it's pragmatic, it's a counter attack team, but just as it's United's responsibility to find an answer against Palace. It's City's responsibility to find an answer, uh, Guardiola's responsibility to find an answer against Solskjaer, isn't it? So, you know, it. I don't necessarily see it as a pragmatic... Well, it is pragmatic. I don't see it as a negative tactic because we know that he's trying to win the game and he often does win the game. So, and United do sometimes look good doing that as well. I mean, I didn't think... Apart from Martial, who, um, like I said, we'll get to the um, individuals in a moment... But I didn't think the forward line was particularly good yesterday. But United did create enough to say they deserve to win the game, and I think that's where I stand on that, Paul. You know, where we talk about, you know, they were fortunate in terms of City having that territorial advantage, which they always do kind of have that. Um, but in terms of what United created, would you say? I mean, is it? Is it? Me just being a United fan, that I'm saying that United deserve that win and and by two goals. Um, I think that's maybe a little bit of you being a United fan on that bit. I just think you have to look at it sometimes on the territorial side of things and look at the, what you know they did. They was having to chase the game and what they done, but and it is about being clinical and when it mattered, United were. But as much as you talk about United counter attacking. They're not the best at counter-attacking. Yes, I think they, yeah, get, they, they get to certain areas and decision-making's decision awful. I mean, Marcus Rashford, awful. Awful. And, I mean, that injury he got, and hopefully it's nothing serious, it's just a knock, and he might, he might feel it for a few days, but obviously, given everything was going on, it was a good time to bring him off. But he might just need a few games away because, at the moment, he's not scoring... And his general play, his form in general play has been very, very poor. Every other player has been taken out. Greenwood's been taken out. Martial's been taken out. I think he needs to be taken out now. And it isn't about a rest. I think it's just to contemplate really what direction he's going in. Because at the moment, I think his head's buzzing. There's not, there's, there's just, you know, he's playing football like an airhead at the moment in time. He's trying to beat people when there's three people around him. And then when he gets one against one, he can't beat people one against one. It seems like, you know, normally you say, you'd come out and say somebody's trying too hard, but I don't know what you'd say about him. But at the moment, his game's all wrong and he needs, he needs a break. He needs to come, come away for a while and just reassess, I think, really, because if you, you know, by judging by form, he, sh- he shouldn't be playing, he shouldn't be an obvious starter, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Do you think that, because um, they're talking about him having an operation and they were talking about postponing that until after the Euros, but then he's going to have a recovery problem for next season. Do you think it's probably, I don't want to say take him out and, well, yeah, maybe I'm saying that. Is it probably wise? To, because he looks like he's struggling. Every time he gets a little bit of a knock, like he did in the first minute yesterday, yeah. he, he got a back, in, a back knock and you could already see that he was wincing. I'm thinking... You don't want him. Do you know what I mean? You want him to be fully fit and and focused and and I just think that maybe it's probably the best. Is it the best idea to sort of say to him, "Do you know what? Take 
get the operation now and take those these next few weeks to recover, or do you think that that's too big a gamble for United, <laughs> where they are? I, but I, I, at the moment, when you look at him, I'm not being horrible uh, because I love Rashford. I think he's definitely, um, if not my favourite player at United at the moment, definitely in the the top few. Um, but you can see that he's, he's wearing the injury, he's definitely carrying it, so is it probably wise at this moment to say, do you know what, Marcus, you've done a great job for us, um, but it's doing you more harm than good, so we'll, we'll give you the opportunity to get that surgery now. Hmm. I saw him wincing that first minute, and just by the way the game is now, players, every time they get tackled, they wince because they're looking and hoping that the referee can see that. They scream, hoping the referee can hear it, to see if they can affect the referee to give fouls. So when I see players wince or we hear them scream, I, I laugh nine times out of ten because I just cannot sometimes believe what players are getting away with. And sometimes it's like someone crying wolf. So you do wonder how, in my opinion, how serious it was when he grabbed his back uh, inside of that first minute. But what you're saying about him needing an operation, I'm for one, because I've been there. If it is it, you go and do it now. It's even easier in today's game because squads are bigger. There's no great necessity or any great push from managers to, to push you to play because there's doctors around who have got the final words. You know, and I, I just think about myself and when I had my one and I kept playing because I wanted to play, and in certain ways, everything that went, you know, there's a bonus for me to be playing regular, you know to be playing the, the, the onus is not on them to play so much now there's no great pressure no one's going to question if you don't play so he has to take that and have that done now because because he keeps playing and then he'll end up being forced in then he'll end up causing problems with, with other parts of his body and then he'll be forced into an operation and then he'll definitely definitely not go to the Euros but if he has it done now and then he can be right He'll get, then he'll push, put himself in a position where his form might improve. And if he does go to the Euros, then you'll be talking about him starting rather than him going to the Euros and sitting on the bench. Because as far as I'm concerned, if he makes a squad at the present moment, he's lucky. And but if he does, he definitely won't be playing because his, if Gareth Southgate is standing by what he said from the start, which he hasn't on numerous occasions, but on this occasion, if he does, Marcus Rashford doesn't start for his country. Mm. Yeah, it's probably fair, but I mean that's yeah. you know the other the other side of that is Martial who, who um, you know let's talk about the individual performances. Martial yesterday, um, one of his best ever games for United, I thought um, he was may- okay. I, I was going to say maybe I'm maybe my expectation of what I think I'm going to get from Martial was so low that I saw yesterday in, in a better light because obviously he misses that big chance but he played very unlike what he normally plays didn't he you know he was all the better for it you know he was coming deeper uh, getting involved there was that, that great moment where he shrugged off a couple of challenges um, very good on the ball holding it up um, didn't disappear um, obviously involved in, in the first goal as well winning the penalty um, do you know I mean yeah I'm not going to start saying that um well, and we'll get to that in a moment about being sort of conned into giving these players a, a longer um, opportunity than perhaps they deserve. But um, credit where it's due. Um, yeah, I, I honestly I did think it was one of his best ever games for us. But then again, I, I'm probably looking at that in the context of this season and last season and thinking the bar's not that high. 
and I've forgotten how good he used to be in the first season. Do you know what I mean? Um, where do you come out with Marcel? Because he, he, he was very good yesterday, rivaling Shaw for man of the match. Yeah, I thought he'd done okay. He had plenty of space to run around him. Um, still, when it comes down to it, certain parts of it, you think to yourself, oh, if only he just let that go earlier or certain things like that. But yes, he, I thought he, he did okay. I'm not going to come out and say he was great or anything because I'm... The only thing I can remember him for, really, well, two things, is the penalty and the one that he missed. Yeah. In the end, it could have been three. But, yes, I mean, that tells you where his levels are, to be perfectly honest, and it, it's just not there. And as far as I'm concerned, if United are going to step forward, Martial, if they are going to stand, I, I think a lot of United fans will say the same, is that you don't move on by extending his contract because you look at where else that money could go and what it could bring you and you think about they're talking about these two young players who sat on the bench you think to yourself well you, that's the future really and that's where your investment should be something you brought through because mm. you know that if you put your investment into that it would be a lot cheaper than what it would be going into a, a player who's never really achieved anything while he's been at Manchester United mm. Luke Shaw could fall into that category but obviously this season he's kicked on loads yesterday um, he was man of the match for me um, so good on that that second goal um, where he you know he anticipates we'll talk about Henderson as well in a moment but he anticipates the throw he gets in there um, beats the man and then charges up the pitch he did that a couple of times and then this time you know he takes the opportunity with the shot um, and it sort of rolls into the corner very good goal um, but another good performance from Shaw Paul I mean this is out of all the players that have sort of kicked on a little bit this season or, or have had that opportunity to kick on and sort of given this last chance to sort of do something Shaw has at least now played himself into that conversation where he's saying if United are going to challenge for the title next season you can see Shaw being in that team because he, pl- he was very good yesterday wasn't he yeah I mean he, he has pushed on he has maybe taking it upon himself to actually to have a go and know where he is <clears throat> now you Sam's anything you're waiting to see how long he can keep it going for mm. you know not not getting the comfort zone and believe he's done it now <clears throat> I mean it's about just carrying on you know he's laid something down now he's got to carry it on you know at one point everyone was saying about Luke Shaw doesn't you know <clears throat> what's he do he's poor de- poor defender um, he's not getting forward and making opportunities now he's gone beyond that now so he has to keep that going he's set a level now everyone's looking at and the problem is as you know is that if you don't keep to that level playing for a club like United <clears throat> it gets it gets seen so so quickly because everyone's scrutinising Manchester United and they're looking and if you do go and set high high standards people then will sit there and wait and to, you know wait for things to drop and then they're at you because you let your standards drop and then things disappear can disappear very very quickly Henderson mm. Paul I mean we, we've both talked on this podcast and we've sort of <coughs> both defended De Gea because of his contribution and what he's done and we've sort of said it's too soon to make that change circumstances have meant that the you know Henderson's got his opportunity um, I've been very impressed with him uh, more impressed than what I thought I would be his, his confidence is Confidence, obviously, for a goalkeeper is a massive thing. He's got it in spades, but he's also got something else in spades. That throw for the second goal yesterday was reminiscent of Schmeichel, the way that it set up um, Luke Shaw, wasn't it? I mean, 
In terms of, I mean, I'm not going to start saying that he's comparing him to Schmeichel because Schmeichel's the greatest goalkeeper of all time, but he's got some characteristics that make you think, okay, he's the real deal, and um, it, it makes that conversation about him coming in for De Gea more real now. Yeah, first of all, he, it was like Peter Schmeichel without the distance. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he could add another 30 yards on for yeah, Schmeichel. Right, okay, yeah. That's, that's fine, at least that one's sorted out anyway. I, I think he's just done well with everything he's had to do. Um, straight away to come out and say he's brilliant, he's better than De Gea after what I've seen so far. My answer to that is, well, no, it, that, it doesn't, that doesn't come into it. But on the same as anything, those outfield players, is that some, a lot of the times when players get into sides, it's always off the back of someone else's misfortune and, um, or something that, you know, something that has, has occurred it isn't always a fact of, oh, you're betting him, so you're going in. That's, sometimes as we, that's a difficult decision for managers to make if they're put in a position they don't, they're just really worried about it. But sometimes things are forced on you. And the fact with um, David Ejaia, that you know, he's, got, he's gone, back to, <clears throat> um, gone back with a family back to Spain to, for the birth of um, his first child, he's, you know, he's, he's left a kind of a fragile, a fragile position open. Yeah. And he's kind of opened the door, and what he's allowed is he's allowed a little bit of um, continuity to happen now. And that then it comes to a point if United go and win their next game, and they've got something going, and I'm quite strong about it. Is that this subject is that you need to keep it going, yeah, because it will make a difference. It adds a little bit more assurance that people know what what's going on. So. Ollie's, you know, the longer that De Gea stays away, it's going to, it's making a job of Ollie harder mentally, <laughs> but maybe on the fact of just doing his job and just as a manager, it's easy because things are going. They haven't been beaten. He's not conceded goals. Doesn't matter how many shots he's had or whatever. <laughs> the rest still comes up as that's not conceded. So, um, and the thing about being manager, I'm being sorry, being the goalkeeper for Manchester United is that you don't get as many shots at you as what you do at Sheffield United. So I always turn around and say about goalkeepers, what they do in between that time and when they're called upon, how do they deal with it? And what it boils down to is there was plenty of time in between he wasn't touching it. Does How does he keep alive? And when he was called upon, he was there. Yeah. You know, you see, there was one point in the first half where he got, I think, a corner or a cross completely wrong, and he got caught underneath it. And I think that it was headed away at the back of the six-yard box by Harry Maguire. Yeah. But that, but that comes to game time. You learn that in game time. It doesn't matter how much you get on a training field with a goalkeeper, and you see them all train together. You're watching them all together, the happy little family of goalkeepers as they are. And you suddenly see what they're doing. They're doing everything. But the one thing they need, goalkeepers, is games. Players will say they need games. Goalkeepers need it more because they're having to work and use far more parts of their bodies. And the coordination and everything makes such a difference where to be from certain areas. And games will do that. So his improvement will come from games playing for Manchester United because it will be in a completely different context to what it was being at Sheffield United where it's just a case of... Please don't let him have more than fifty shots today. <laughs> you know that's that's the position that he's in now. Yeah, he he was very composed yesterday, very good, um, and certainly you would say the very least the goal is in good hands while De Gea's not there, and um, it is like you said, it's 
a, a fairly vulnerable position um, for Henderson to sort of stake a claim in as well. So um, interesting, but at least it's a positive conversation that we're having again that one player is is fighting his way into the team he couldn't quite this is another sort of um, part of that conversation is Lindelof again and you know we talked about Martial earlier and and the sort of investment in time and Lindelof again centre off against City has generally been okay Um, and I I wonder if that's the thing you know um, (coughs) Tomine and Fred again they were both great in what they do best but not necessarily on the ball we know that these players can do well in these games, which is certainly more than they usually did under Jose, and that's obviously a testament to the good work that Oli does. But when you look at the contrast, because like you, you look at Lindelof and he played well, and you look at Martial and he played well, and I'm still thinking, I've been here too many times before to say, you know, we'll invest the future on that. Um, but the contrast between the Palace performance and the City performance is that on the players poll or does Ole have to show greater imagination <coughs> you know if we are critical of the players is it still at the point where Ole should be getting more from games like Wednesday when we were so flat um, where, where does the responsibility lie there because well, it's it, coming it, to it, a, cru- <coughs> a crucial point where you've got to make that judgement well obviously it lies with the manager in my opinion when you look at things like that he is the manager He's willing to take the praise. That means he's going to have to accept the bad bits and go with it. And that was yeah. bad. That was bad. I was so fortunate that I never took on that game, to be perfectly honest. I just didn't take it on. I just decided to do another game. I don't know why. I'm just, I think I'd been to Palace the game before. Yeah, the Fulham game I'd done. And I thought, back three, four days later, I thought, no, I, won't. I didn't want to do that one. But it was it was awful. Everything about it was awful. Um, the problem, the, you've got to look at it and say that when Oli goes to play Crystal Palace, he's got to go to the side. It looks like on paper he wants to he wants to win the game. Yeah. As far as I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, and he doesn't. It never actually looks that way. When, when you look at it, sometimes you look at it on paper. It doesn't look. You don't get that belief. There's not much you, you're looking for. Your kind of talisman. You're looking for those players who can improvise. And against teams like Crystal Palace, you do because they're stubborn really really stubborn and you see you know suddenly you see what Spurs done to him yesterday and you're saying to yourself well hold on a minute what's, what's, going, what's the difference why didn't United do that and then all of a sudden you see that you know then you see what United do against City and you, you really do wonder you know there wasn't anything to stake a claim that they deserve to get anything out, out of that game against Crystal Palace that Crystal Palace in certain ways and using the old adage of you know that's what I'm looking for here, not to not to be disrespectful to Crystal Palace, but Man United got brought down to a level yeah. that suited, suited Crystal Palace and they can do that all day long. They can slug all day long with anybody. But if you have those players on the field who can improvise and those attacking threats, that's, that's what will happen. Spurs did that yesterday against them. Yeah. Did it? You know, and that's a team that doesn't like attacking. They've got a manager who doesn't like to attack. And... They, they went and done it while Manchester United haven't they've got they've got freedom with players up front in theory Manchester United talk about but they don't get any consistency from them while Tottenham get that consistency when they're in trouble because they were in trouble you can see the goal just before half time they was in trouble come out second half bang and that was a game gone once they got that second one so quick it was gone United don't do that and yet we're talking about Manchester United and Spurs and it's 
it's not good and, and to be perfectly honest on, on that side of thing because that's that's what cost cost Manchester United at one point they're sitting there on top of the league and if when they weren't top of the league they're sitting there just a point or two behind City then next thing you know there's a big gap open up and great that they've closed the gap but are Manchester United going to go and close that completely after that after that win against City I have to come out and say no they're not so that one game was just about lifting themselves for that one game. Can they go and do it the game after? And the game after that, history says no. Yeah, and then it's almost, you feel like it's the last chance to loom for some of these players. Or at least that's, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it is because, yes, they do win yesterday, but they are going to need to prove that same kind of form and level of uh, performance in in a run of games from now until the end of the season to finish second convincingly. Well, it's, it's a battle now to finish. It's a battle to finish in that top four now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. certain other teams are starting to get a little bit back together, and they were cut away. They've come back again, and that's what the league's been about. Is normal circumstances, you say it's exciting, but because of the scenario of no fans in the stadium, it's a case of just get it over. It's not that exciting, really. But there is a kind of a you know win one, lose two, win two, lose three. It's just madness what's going on. Yeah, my feeling is that I'm obviously thrilled with what I saw yesterday because you know winning City is always a good thing, especially when you're not expecting to. But you've still got to look at it the morning after and think we can't be convinced on planning for the future with the likes of Martial, Lindelof. We still got to look at needing another centre centre midfielder who's better on the ball. James has done well recently, but he was not great yesterday, and he too would have to start doing things that we've not seen from him to say that we're going to need a, a player in uh, on the right or left. I almost think that because we know that about these players, we know that they're not going to win the league, and I'm not being horrible because the last few years tells us that that's the level, and this is this is pretty much the top of that level. It's almost as big a test for Oli to not be sucked in by that as well. That he's going to have to be bold. Um, obviously, towards now and the end of the season, um, how, I mean, it's difficult to know how he affects that. You know, in terms of making these players aware that they they're not automatically going to be considered for next season. But uh, so I'm not going to like be on him if he plays Martial and Lindelof every single game for the end of the season. But he's still going to have to be bold going into next season, isn't he? The, the, it's the summer's like almost a crucial time for Oli because he's obviously going to get the summer and he's going to get the chance to build for next season. But he's going to have to show that ruthlessness if United are going to kick on to a next level or they're just going to sort of sail away because it, now Oli's going to be culpable because it's no longer just the squad that he inherited, is it? You know, it's his yeah. squad. Yeah, I mean, you, the thing about it, and the, the big after you just said a, those few words there, is he going to get any money? Mm. That's the thing. Is he going to get any money? The problem you got is the players he's got; they're all on lovely wages, so no one's going to touch them. Everyone's excuses, not excuses, it's factual in certain ways, but only because you have to look at it and believe it's that way. Is that because of what's gone on in the last ten, eleven, well, coming up to twelve months? We'd have to say about monies, but who's going to take on take on these players at their big wages? It's, it's, it's near on impossible. United have made a rod for their own back in giving out these contracts to players, and they're not going to be able to get rid of them. The players are not going to walk away from saying no. They're not going to earn that anywhere else. They're playing for United, so it's a nice place to be to be around. So he's so he's still still carrying on the, the contract decisions has, have been quite poor. 
in that in that yeah. sense in what the way they've gone about it they haven't made people hungry to get contracts I don't think players are as hungry now because they know if they're in the right place they know that they've got them to ransom because they know they can just let, let them run down and then go somewhere else and you know there's certain players who've got new contracts and you're wondering why what have they done to earn them you look at what the team's achieved and you say to yourself no you bring someone in who's a bit more hungrier who's looking in theory looking to win medals yeah. you know not about big wages it's about medals because they believe the medals are the long game and but the it's a difficult one. I really think it's just going to be deja vu again. <clears throat> just, uh, me and you talking again about this is like deja vu at the moment as well, Wayne. But <laughs> I just think that it's going to be in the same scenario. It's going to be big headlines, Sancho this and whatever. All that, all that again. And <clears throat> it's not really going to materialise. You're not, you know, you can come out and say, oh, then Dortmund aren't going to ask more. But even then, 70, 80 million is still a lot of money to give to someone who's in theory, wonder how good he is because the Bundesliga is not a great league. Um, he's untested in English football. He's, you can say he's, he's done, he's played for England, but he's been okay when he's done, you know, his little bits. So again, it's a big, you know, it's a, it's a big decision to be made. And again, to go out and buy another wide player, Christ, they'll be queuing up on the side of the pitch what amount of wide players that Manchester United got at this moment in time they, they can't even get them get a centre forward yeah. you know they've had to bring in an ageing centre forward to help them out well two of them to be honest and got, um, one of them's gone gone now after a loan period and they've just and they've just brought in um, Edison as well Edison Cavani so there's priorities but another wide player for that excessive amount of money and when they've got so many wide players already again who are not proving themselves none of them are consistently good they're little sparks and then it's hope yeah you almost think it's like United are heading into a similar problem that they've got a centre off where you've got a lot of players who just aren't good enough do you know what I mean and, and but they can't get rid of them so yeah, yeah. it's a concern and it's yeah like I say it's just one of those things that we can see how that happens over the summer um, the next two by the way anyone listening to this I'm sure we're both delighted that we won City and we, we played uh, as well as we did and we scored um, certainly one great goal and and we you know there's no question that United deserved the win um, even if we have a slight difference opinion about how well they played obviously it's a great thing but I think it's that weariness of and this is a um, a consequence of of following United over these last two years and talking about them so often is that we've been here that many times and probably looked at these last wins that we've had over them and gone oh yeah this this could be something if we build on it but we've been there that many times it's like oh okay well they've done it again but we can't you know we're not going to get too carried away with it so it's now up to the players to do it themselves which is basically how it's been since they sort of had their little sulking fit against Sheffield United and realised they weren't going to win the league so now they've got to really kick on if they want to prove that they still deserve to beat United um yeah, the Europa League is this week again. Paul Milan, um, second in CBR. <coughs> they started the season exceptional, um, a little bit like Sociedad, really. That they played so well at the start of the season and have had a recent drop in form. A couple of embarrassing defeats, three uh, 0 against Inter, uh, but they have since picked up again. They won at Roma. They won again yesterday. Only through um, in the Europa League on away goals against Red Star. Um, 
it, it's one of those where, like Sociedad, because Juventus have been so dominant in Serie A, I don't quite know what to expect. You know, Inter Milan are doing really well at, at the moment and they've got Jung and, and Lukaku playing well <coughs> and Sanchez playing well. And it's almost like you don't really know what to expect with this Milan team. Or is it is in Italian football improving because it's more competitive that Juventus are currently third or is that a sign that it's getting much weaker? I think we can look we, can we talk about our Premier League as well are people outside <laughs> of the UK talking about our Premier League or what's happened to happening to Liverpool yeah, maybe. they look they look at where you know they look at Manchester United they look at their points and what they've got and all of a sudden the drop off with them as well Every, six one half dozen the other way at the moment yeah. you, we, you don't know you really don't know all I do know is that many moons ago this fixture Manchester would have been buzzing yeah. for this fixture AC Milan coming to Old Trafford, it would have been just been people would have been buzzing about this fixture. At this moment in time, you just don't know what you're going to get. You don't you don't know what kind of what teams are going to turn. They're both sides at the moment. Can we call them both semi-fallen giants? <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably fair yeah. <laughs> to, to say something like that. Both sides who are not talking domestically, they're talked about. We're talked about the biggest. In their, in their respective countries, they got they had great players to talk about, and and you look at and you look at it now, and <clears throat> both sides are chasing it, uh, you know, out there at this moment in time. You look at it there, um, <clears throat> their inner city neighbours have, have surpassed them yeah. in sense of form and what they're achieving in certain ways, and they're just not they're just not going anywhere at the moment. They've had to go out <clears throat> and reinstate. Um, an aging forward to suit that to suit them, but who, who's that injured as well now for them? So it's it's a really tough one to call. And when you said they, you know, about Red Star Belgrade and they struggle, you know, Red Star Belgrades. I mean, do you remember when they come to Old Trafford in '91? That, yeah, that, that. yeah, we're talking about a very different style <coughs> Yeah, we are, but we're talking about a side that produces a country that produces some great individual players who generally normally move on to playing great teams, all, you know, all over Europe. Yeah. So it's a difficult one to judge. Who who saw um, Leicester City getting beat by Sparta Prague? Mm. You know, we just don't, you just don't know. And there's an opportunity to go and make a difference this season. Go and grab it now because next season thereafter, the one thing it's definitely going to be is going to be tougher. Yeah. Much, much tougher for everybody. And that once things happen, get back to the new norm or the norm, whatever you want to call it. So you've got to go and grab something now. And that's why United have to grab something now. Because if you can grab something now, it'll give you something to chew on, something to walk into the ballroom with, something that you've got to say, look, this is what I've achieved. I want this. Oli needs that. He needs something to go and say, I need this now. Yeah. I mean, previous managers have gone there with FA Cups. They've gone there with League Cups. They've gone there with a Europa League and whatever, or finishing second in the Premier League. It means didn't mean, meant sod all really to be perfect honest. It it hasn't helped them get anything, so I don't believe anybody's going to get anything to step forward because it everything that has happened and it's just gone. Everything's in line with what's happened in previous times. So for Oli to change that bit off the pitch is going to be so difficult for him to do that. So again, we get back to the same old scenario. United are only going to get the opportunity to be where they should be on a regular basis. If things change, 
off the field. You can keep bringing in, in managers, keep bringing them in, but they've still got to work generally with the same kind of players because at some point, I've asked, someone said something, that United have got one of the, the youngest teams. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm looking around, I think to myself, how young is it really? I, I'm, I'm, really looking, I'm really looking at it and, I'm, and I've seen United, but I felt with young teams before, but this side to me don't look like a young side. So, you know, there's going to, again, I think they're going to be hitting the wall again soon and everybody's going to be ranting again all over the place. Hopefully the difference is this time is that a lot more people are going to be back at work and haven't got time to be keyboard warriors. <laughs> people always find time for that. Um, mm. The um, game after the Milan game is going to be West Ham at Old Trafford. They've been exceptional under David Moyes this season. Um, they were very good against us until we turned it around late on. Um, at, at um, not Upton Park oh my god is it London Stadium yeah good grief Upton Park um, you've said repeatedly that they've benefited from not having fans and really West Ham at home is the perfect test after playing City isn't it see how United can kick, up, kick on in the league yeah well I mean that's the game for them to to really to go out there and put people like me the doubters to bed really well at least for that week anyway yeah. but I'm at West Ham tonight to go as they play Leeds, so that's a really good game for him as well against his Leeds side to see how they deal with that one, how David Moyes deals with that one. <clears throat> I'm expecting nothing less than a, a West Ham win in this game. So for United to play them and saw that in the FA Cup, they come out second half, a different formation, a change, and they adapted it straight away and they were a the better team. In the second, you know, it's only because David Moyes started so negatively the team he picked, you know, that he just he allowed he allowed United to get some momentum, and he just didn't look like scoring a goal. Yeah. But you know, in the end, they done themselves a little bit of justice, and it was again United dug something out in the end to just get over the line in that game. So West Ham is is going to be very a very very difficult game from. Um, as everyone everyone has found City found it very very difficult the difference is is that um, West Ham haven't got that really that clinical one that clinical goal scorer otherwise they might have they might have beaten um, City before United did yeah yeah um, it's definitely going to be a tough game um, and like I said the perfect kind of test for United to face after after doing well against City and hopefully getting a good result against uh, Milan but obviously everything's sort of on the league and to see if United can finish in the first the top four but secondly the top two because um, it would be very disappointing from this stage if United don't finish in the top two they've sort of navigated through a bump of tough fixtures I know they've still got a couple of tough ones to come They've certainly done well to this point and um, it'd be disappointing if they finish any lower than second. Um, but yeah, the West Ham game's a massive one now. Um, that's it for this week, guys. Um, remember TOTD10 uh, for a 10% discount with classic football shirts. Uh, for this week only, there's an opportunity to get um, a signed or personalised copy of my forthcoming book on George Best. Um, I'll put the link in the description for this podcast um, that's available until the, this Saturday I think Saturday the 13th um, a, a pre-order um, please leave us a nice review or rating on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy the show we'll be back next week stay safe, stay well and thanks for listening Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.